Hi, it's Dan here for Dusty Disc Radio, and this is the podcast Liner Notes. We're feeling chats with Canada's retro music makers, and today I'm very honored to have as a return guest, author and music historian Robert Lawson. He wrote the book Wheatfield Empire, The Listener's Guide to the Guess Who. And today we'd like to expand on that a little bit and discuss the current controversy with the rights and the usage of the band name and all the fallout over the past decades. So a great guy to talk to about that. So many thanks uh, for coming back on, Robert. How are you? Uh, good, Dan. Good to uh, talk to you again. Good. Yeah. Well, I had a great conversation with you last time and we went through the whole history of the Guess Who and we're both fans. And uh, that was two and a half years ago. Wow. And uh, life treating you well, I assume, in, in Southern Ontario? Yeah, I'm uh, still here in Toronto. You've obviously got a couple of different books, as we talked about last time. And uh, you're working on something else now as well? Yeah, always doing something, trying to keep busy or keep myself out of trouble. Yep, good for you. So yeah, I just wanted to give people your background. For those that didn't listen to the original uh, broadcast and the podcast we did two and a half years ago, you've written books on Nazareth and Cheap Trick and the Guess Who. And uh, you're a sort of a music buff and a historian. So uh, appreciate that, what you've offered. So a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. What one is that you you did the uh, the Guess Who book as we talked about last time was a was a kind of an annotated discography, and you give lots of information and you talk about uh, you know the ins and outs of the bands. But your your books are more informative than they are evaluative. That was your approach there. Yeah, the, the idea is really like a a chapter by chapter look at a band's output where I. Uh, look at every album, every single, music videos, radio broadcasts, uh, TV appearances, bootlegs. Basically, um, you know, if, if you're looking in for some information about a certain band and about a certain album, you could flip to that particular chapter and get as much information as possible about it. And I, I interject little, you know, things in there of my, my own personal tastes occasionally, and, and, and I, I try to have little elements of humor occasionally too there was um i think somebody on amazon reviewed my cheap trick book and they said a bunch of nice things and then they said okay he doesn't like vince neal we get it (laughs) because i guess in the cheap trick book there's a couple of times where i i say something about you know vince neal not being too great or something i don't know exactly what but uh so there's little there's little points in there that I, i i get my own uh opinion in there well, you're pretty even-handed, though. I, I think that's probably a little bit unfair because, uh, you know, like your Guess Who book's excellent, and I highly recommend it. It's called Wheatfield Empire, and uh, you're pretty even-handed. I mean, you're you're pretty fair. Like we talked about that last time. You, you sometimes you have to make sort of an value. You have to make a value judgment on some things, but uh, not sort of harshly. You just you just kind of say this is what happened, and this seems to be why. Yeah, and I also, it's real important for me not to just be fawning over, you know, any artist, right. you know, no, no matter how, how much you love somebody and how great they are, there's got to be a few missteps along <laughs> the way. And anyone who's had a career that's lasted 30 or 40 years, there's going to be valleys as well as peaks. You know, it's okay to, to call call them out on some of their missteps. Yeah, fair enough. That's right. Because if you just write it as a fanboy then it's sort of like a self-indulgent autobiography from their perspective, right? Yeah. I'm great and I've done all these great things and here's how great I am. And let me tell you how great I am again. Right. (laughs) But sometimes, you know, it calls for a value judgment. And so this current controversy for the listeners that that don't know, uh, Randy Bachman and, and Burton Cummings have decided to sue the band that is performing and touring as the guess who in the States. 
uh, primarily primarily in the states and um you know so i wanted to get some of your thoughts on that and, and the perspective and right. so in in preparation for that i i kind of know where you're at because we discussed this a little bit last time but uh, i want to go back and forth with you a little bit and um you're very familiar with john anderson who uh writes books and and is a music historian i had him on the podcast and he's uh he's kind of a walking encyclopedia that guy is a pretty yeah. pretty impressive guy but anyway so he wrote a, a full article an editorial on this whole controversy and he pulls no punches i mean you you know yeah. him well enough to know that he's what his position is yeah so i just wanted to kind of bounce some of that around i i, I don't want to debate per se because i don't think i have enough knowledge or or a strong enough opinion on it but i do want to look at the landscape and sort of go back and forth a bit with you if that's okay sure okay so the first thing about about john um for those who don't know he he wrote the book randy backman book and, and he's but he's not a big fan like he makes it very very clear that he's not a huge randy backman fan do you want to just speak to that right up front well john <clears throat> yeah for people who don't know um actually i was just emailing with john yesterday okay yeah <laughs> but uh yeah so john's a winnipeg guy he played in bands in the 60s so he's sort of a contemporary of these guys i i guess he might be a little bit younger but uh you know he he played in in rock bands uh in the late 60s and early 70s and he's gone on to have this long career of writing books so he wrote the first book ever about the guess who uh, called american woman and he's also uh written books about neil young i think he has a buffalo springfield book uh he did a, a ian tyson and or ian and sylvia biography yeah. i think he actually helped sylvia maybe with her autobiography um he, so he's done a lot of stuff and yes he's the He's like the co-author of Randy's autobiography, Taking Care of Business. Yeah. So so he's been around for a long time. He's written the liner notes for some of the Guess Who uh, reissues. And uh, you hear him on like Winnipeg Radio a lot. And, and if anything kind of happens that's newsworthy, he'll be on the local uh, TV or radio talking about it. So he is a historian. He's very – he knows a lot about, about these topics. So after this lawsuit was made public – I think it was last Monday through Rolling Stone magazine after a couple of days. Um, you know, of course, everybody's going to John for input. Right. And he, he yeah, he published a, an editorial or a rant on yeah. Facebook <laughs> yes. where he, uh, yeah, he was a little cranky that day, I think. So, okay. So, was, so uh, let's go through it. Okay. Cause I, I, I've downloaded it. I printed it off and I read it and I took notes from it. So right. I'll just, I'll just throw it out there and we'll just go back and forth on some of the points if that's okay. Sure. So the first, first point he makes is that Cummings folded the band in 75. Backman had been gone for five years already. So he said yeah, that, they, that their interest true. in the guess who name was really almost in a sense forfeited at that point. They walked away from it. Well, that, that that's true. I mean, yeah, the, uh, Randy was fired from the guess who in 1970 the, the band broke up in 1975, and then in 1978, Jim Cale, sort of with Randy and Burton's blessing, uh, went back out on the road with a version of the Guess Who. But that version, to me, is somewhat legitimate. You know, he had Kurt Winter, probably the greatest guitar player to ever be in the Guess Who, mm -hmm. and songwriter. And he had Donnie McDougal on guitar and vocals for that first 1978 
version of the Guess Who. And they would play a lot of original material as well as classic stuff. So I don't think it's anybody's fault that in 1978, you know, guys like Burton and Randy didn't know that, you know, there would be any value to the, to the name, the guess who, right. We, you know, we didn't have a classic rock culture at that point. Right. You know, so, music so was... that's a fair, that's a fair point, but, but Anderson is making the point that they didn't care then. So they only care now, which is a little bit uh, like there was no parameters set put on it back then. They said, Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Go, go and do your thing. They even put out an album, didn't they? Post. Yeah. They put out an album called guess who's back and it's, yeah. it's, it's okay. It's not great. <laughs> But the landscape has just changed. I mean, so, you know, then they did a second album with which then Kurt Winter's not on. And then after that, Donnie McDougal's not there any anymore. So, right. so yeah, everything kind of changed from being, you know, maybe like the lesser known guess who lineup, but still somewhat legitimate to then turning into what is now basically a, a cover band. Yeah, fair and again i'm not i'm not unsympathetic to that argument it's just that when there's no parameters p- sort of put on it it's going to morph into whatever it morphs into sure but yeah. i mean nobody knew in 1978 that guess, yeah. years later people would would be buying all these records over and over again and that there would be a classic rock uh revival you know yeah. there's no way to predict that and in the same way jim kale didn't know that that was going to happen either he just yeah. thought he was going to go out on the road a little bit and make a little bit of money he didn't know that decades later he'd still be doing it because right. there, there was no precedent for it at that time the idea that you know this is at a time when bands would put out an album go out on tour and almost play the entire album because that's what they were promoting that's very different from what the landscape in concerts has been for the last geez, i don't know 10 or 15 20 years where band puts out a new album they go on tour play one song from it and the rest of the set is greatest hits yeah, yeah, fair enough. You make you make fair points there, and and it is it is a different. The whole thing is sort of the whole business has morphed, I guess, as well. So the the band morphs, but the business morphs as well, which is your overriding point. Um. So, but then, so Anderson says that Bachman and Cummings, their beef is over the use of the likeness and and the music, right? So they're using old pictures or they're using old old songs and stuff. But the thing is. If you're using that brand, you can never divorce it from those things and you have no control over it half the time. I mean, the promoters are going to use the old songs. They're going to use the old pictures. I mean, there's almost nothing you can do about that. Well, part of the part of the lawsuit, um, and I've seen some information about this, is that, yeah, it, it's not so much about the name, the guess who. I mean, it's not like if Burton gets the rights to the name, the guess who, he's not all of a sudden going to change you know his band to be called the guess who and go out on tour as the guess who uh i'm pretty sure that's not in his plan but yeah the i it's more about kind of a misrepresentation that fans are being um they're sort of being led to go to the shows thinking that guys like burton and randy and maybe donnie mcdougall are going to be there and there's no no chance of that happening um how much of it is, is the band and the band management and just promoters? I'm not sure, but I know that it did ramp up during the pandemic. That now mm-hmm. if you go to um, like Apple Music or the Spotify streaming service and you want to listen to uh, the Guess Who's uh, So Long Bannatine album, the band picture that you're going to see is of the current lineup. So, but doesn't that, doesn't that hit both sides of the argument? They don't want them using the old images. 
but they have a right to that name. Now they're using the new images, which is also a misrepresentation because those aren't the band members that played those songs, right? Right. So the so the lawsuit is is suggesting that you know they 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 don't use the guess who name and it's some sort of a a, a tribute act, you know, so it could be the guess who show featuring original drummer Gary Peterson. That that would be totally above board in the same way that you know uh, Carl Dixon was in the guess who for a little while and he does an occasional show called Carl Dixon sings the guess who and he has uh, Bill Wallace, who is a, a bassist from the original era of the Guess Who, and they tell stories and they they do an all Guess Who kind of hits right show, but they don't call themselves the Guess Who. And well, yeah. So my my problem with that, I guess, is that you know everyone rides the fine line. Like I was I was part of a tribute show that did a tribute to Roy Orbison, and and I was I just had one segment in that show, and I have pictures. It's called Remembering Roy. I got my glasses on my and my picture and everything. And then the promoter made the album up or made the poster up and he just put a picture of Roy Orbison on there. And right. I said to the guy, well, what I sent you pictures. Why wouldn't you do? Oh, well, it's just a tree. Roy's dead. Everybody knows he's not going to be there. It's just that we wanted to use an original picture. I'm like, we, well, you can't do that, but they do it. Right. They want bums in the seats. They don't really care. So you know that promoters are going to ride whatever line they have to ride to get bums in the seats. They're going to use old Burton audio for sure i mean they're going to have these eyes and undone and all that's going to be burton's voice even though burton's not going to be within a thousand miles of that gig right well i mean maybe maybe this is the kind of thing that the lawsuit i mean i don't even know i don't even think this thing's going to go to court i think it's going to get settled but right fair um maybe this is the kind of thing that the, the band will have to be just just more serious about making sure that this kind of stuff uh, you know doesn't happen i saw a clip the other day and it was like a state fair uh i don't know somewhere in the states and it was a it was a video ad so it was an ad like on facebook yeah and it was some sort of a some sort of a, a summer festival or something and it was, it was listing the different bands that were going to be playing there all kinds of different people and every time it listed the band you would just see a little clip of that group performing you know, whoever, yeah. I don't know, Colin James and I don't know, all kinds of different guys. Whoever, yeah. And sure enough, at one point it said the guess who, and it was a close up of Randy soloing. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> so there's yeah. no way he was going to be at that show. <laughs> yeah. Well, but again, so the band can divorce themselves from that and say, well, I'm not the promoter. We got hired. We got, we, we negotiated the contract and then they promote it in that. And however they choose to do that has nothing to do with us. And, and that's kind of a good point because it's almost true a hundred percent of the time. Well, if, I mean, if they can prove that, then that's probably something that they're they're going to try to, you know, that 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 would be one of their their defenses, I guess. Yeah, and then so going on to what John Anderson was saying, uh, you know, both both uh, Cummings and Backman are multimillionaires, so he so he says in the article, Cummings' career is petering out, and he talked Randy into taking some action, and Cummings is not the is is uh, not the original singer in the band. Right. So he's making, he's kind of like, it seems to ping pong between a moral argument and a legal argument. Right. That's one thing I've noticed about this. It goes back and forth. Well, it's not right to use this or use that. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know what the legal, he's got legal rights to that name. Um, and then saying that they're both multimillionaires should kind of be irrelevant because if you're being misrepresented and it's affecting your career, it doesn't matter how much your bank account has in it. Correct. 
Right. And I mean, it is a fact that the guess who playing state fairs and I don't know, shopping mall openings and stuff in the States that <laughs> yeah. has, that has hurt both Randy and Burton in the States because, you know, Burton can't get or rarely can get a gig in the States for the value that, you know, he thinks he's worth. Right. Because the band, you know, promoter says, yeah, but I just had the whole, I just had the whole guess who here and they were half of what you're asking for. Right. You know, so promoters also don't, and a lot of guess who fans, unfortunately, don't always know who's really in the band and who isn't. And, yeah. you know, I talk to people all the time when they, you know, they tell me like, uh, if, it, if Burton and Randy aren't there, it's not the guess who. And I, you know, I have to point out to them, like the guess who actually made lots of great records after Randy was ousted. You well, know, the whole yeah. share of the land album is not Randy Bachman. You know, Sour Sweet and Clap for the Wolfman and Star Baby and the list goes yeah. on and on of all these great, great Guess Who songs. And a lot of people don't know that that's not Randy. So so uh, it's a double ignorance. It's ignorance on both sides because I heard some guy actually mentioned that. He said, well, if Randy's not there, and then he said they have great songs like Share the Land and Clap for the Wolfman. <laughs> and I kind of laughed out loud. I was like, well, that's post-Randy. Yeah, I've seen a lot so, of a lot of social media posts since this lawsuit uh, came out because a lot of people are talking about it. I've seen many, many posts of people saying, you know, if, if it's it's not the guess who without Burton and Randy. So obviously they don't even know. These are supposed fans and they don't even know who's supposed to be in the band or who isn't. And I don't know if they look at the cover to the number 10 album and think that one of those guys is Randy, but yeah, <laughs> I mean. But, he, but again, he, doesn't that undermine their argument saying, well, they're, you're misrepresenting yourselves? Well, people are misrepresenting if they're saying that we want if there's no randy there's no guess who and then they're naming songs randy didn't even play on or write that's you know to me it's just always been been kind of a weird thing with the guess who i i don't know too many other groups of that their level that a lot of their fans know so little about them (laughs) yeah well (laughs) you know but all these um, different bands have morphed into other bands. I mean, I had Al Harlow on, he's still got Prism out there and he's the only original member. And, and he justified that by saying, Hey, you know, Prism's had lots of different people in and out of it. And right now this is the current version of the band. It's me. And, and of course, you know, Tad, and I, I know the guys in the band, but it's, it's, it's a shadow of its former self in terms of Prism. But Al Harlow justifies that by saying I'm an original member and, and these bands are franchises really now. I mean, they use all the old Ron Tabak voice. They use when they do Armageddon and the promos on the radio and stuff, it's all Ron Tabak's voice. It's, it's not Al Harlow's voice. And you know, Al Harlow's not, not, he's just one of the guy, he was the bass player in the band when I saw them originally and he's still out there doing prism. I guess it depends. In some cases, the band could be like authorized by official members. I think that's the case with foreigner right now. There's no original members touring with foreigner, but they are allowed to do that. They're allowed to use the logo. You know, one thing with the guess who, uh, it's not only the fans who don't have all the correct information because what, what the current band has been saying for a little while is that they've been like keeping the guess who name alive and they've been, you know, holding the torch for the guess who and that Gary's been there from the start. And he's always been the guy who's, you know, he's dependable. He's always been the drummer. He's always done, but there's actually some studio albums that Gary didn't appear on. So when, and, and actually when I interviewed Gary for my book and, and I didn't call him out on this because I was trying to be respectful. I was kind of excited to be talking to Gary Peterson, to be honest, but he actually said, 
you know, Burton was he didn't sing on those original albums, but I'm on every single album. So if I'm if my name is on an album, it's the Guess Who, which is you know he was referring to like because they had a new album out at the time, and he was saying right. if my name's on it, then it's a real Guess Who album. And it was right. I was kind of biting my tongue to say, well, what about those? <laughs> what about yeah. those Jim Cale? Donnie McDougal records because you're not on those. So is he saying that those aren't real Guess Who albums just because he's not on it? So it does oh. get kind of murky. Well, that and that's that's the point. And again, you're ping ponging between the legal aspect and the moral aspect. So the moral argument is is playing both sides because um, you know, for example, Trooper now is a franchise, right? Like yeah. Ray and Smitty and Ray retired, and they hired two other guys, friends of mine that I know. So Trooper goes out as a five piece band. There's not a single guy in that band that had anything to do with any of those albums, right? And uh, but they've got the rights to use the name, so they go and do festivals. Now, keep in mind, they don't do a lot of. They do some uh, ticketed sort of soft seaters, but most of it is in festivals in the summer. So there's a half a dozen bands on there, and Troopers one of them. But um, having known those guys since their inception and see them grow, I I never thought in my life they would turn into a franchise. And just because it's sanctioned by Smitty and Ray, there's no original members in that band, so they're essentially a cover band or a tribute band right so uh, it's going to be interesting how how this plays out you know yeah. i mean you're reading john's uh editorial there so at one point which i was really surprised he says that he doubts that either kale or peterson even have twenty thousand dollars in their accounts that they would even be able to fight this lawsuit um and yeah, i don't so know that's if, that's what he's you know, saying right he said there's no money there's gonna, not gonna be any money here unless right. yes yeah, like these guys have no money, sure. right? Yeah, but it's yeah. about the principle of being able to use the guess who name now that they care. So, right, it, it, it'll be interesting. You and I can sort of watch <laughs> from the gallery of of how the arguments go back and forth because obviously Kale and those guys are going to say, "Well, they didn't even care. Now they care because uh, it suits their purpose. In the past, they didn't care because it didn't suit their purpose. So we were just trying to make a living, and they have lots of money, and we don't have any." I, w- I wouldn't say that that Burton never cared. I do think that initially, correct. Yeah, good, good point. Because because he I'm, was carping about it for a long time, right? Yeah, I think that his camp did not care and did not make it a priority for him, uh, you know, to really look into too much. So there has been a little bit of a, I can't say too much about it, but there's been a little bit of some changes behind the scenes in the the Burton coming uh, team let's say. So now there are people who are concerned with this, who have also always been concerned, but didn't have a place where they could kind of address it. So now because of that change, um, now this is why this is happening. Um, I saw, I don't know if it was just on Instagram or on Facebook, but the the touring version of the guests who posted a photo from one of their meet and greets. And there's a woman in the, in the photo opportunity holding a copy of the road food album. Right. I, thought, I did see and that. I, and I thought, I wonder if she got those guys to sign it because none of yeah. those guys are on it. You know, I don't know if everyone's aware, but even with the current guess who, and when they, you know, they like to claim like, well, Gary's an original member. Gary was there from the beginning, you know, blah, blah, blah. Gary missed a whole bunch of dates in 2022. Yeah. It's, it's a franchise. There's no doubt about that. And, and, uh, I guess, I guess it's the deception aspect of it. Cause Trooper goes out like those five guys that I know, and they take a bow at the end and they sing all the songs and talk about, and, and again, they're, none of those guys had anything to do with any of that stuff. 
Right. So that in itself is to me a bit of a misrepresentation. I I don't like it to be honest because it's just when you franchise a band, you're divorcing it from the personality and the original members who had the gumption and the talent and the the fortitude to sort of put it all together and go and tour it and stuff. And those guys are all long gone, right? Right. So when I saw the Little River Band, for example, I, I saw them in 78 when they had their classic lineup and they were brilliantly unbelievable. And then I saw them about 25 years later with Wayne, the guy that sang Night Owls. I think he was the only guy. And everybody else, they probably weren't even born when those songs were put out and it was deflating to me, but I understand it. You know what I mean? I thought those guys, Goebbels and those other guys, Glenn Sherrock, they're not touring now. So yeah, there could be, there uh, could be a vacuum there for, for a band to, to, to fill it, but maybe it's but, the way that, and maybe, you know, a lot of fans don't care. They, they, they love the guess who music or little river band. Um, I will say little river band gets mentioned a lot. In reference to this Guess Who lawsuit, that's the one band everyone brings up. Well, because um, they were so unbelievable when they had the original lineup. But again, and, when you and, say when you say fans don't care, like again, you're on both sides of the argument because part of Bachman and Cummings' case is that fans do care. They're being duped. They're being tricked. And right. then on the other side, you say, well, you know what? They just want to hear the songs and a good representation of the songs, and they don't really care. And the ticket prices are cheaper than they would be if you saw the, the original lineup. So we're good. Yeah. You hear that too. So a few other points on the, on the, uh, John Anderson article, he says, Kale was in the original band as was Peterson before Burton. Burton's yeah. voice became the signature sound, but then Bachman was gone by 1970. Like, like John really points out the history of it and, and said that this was, and it also makes the point, this was a band. It wasn't just Burton. It wasn't just Burton and Randy hundred percent for sure. Cause Randy was gone yeah. and it was Burton's voice, but it was more of a band than Burton. That's why he went solo. Well, it's, I mean, it's true that it's, it's definitely not just Randy as, as we've proven that they, yeah. they had all, all kinds of great music after, but after that, you know, the lineup kept changing every couple of albums and Burton's the only constant on all those records. You know, if, if, if there's, if we're going to name a list of, you know, 25 guess who songs that we might hear on the radio right now, Burton's voice is going to be the one singing all of them. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair point. And you're not so, going to get in the argument. Sure, me. not being it. the original member. You know, I mean, Ringo Starr is not the original drummer in the Beatles. But I don't think you know we're really going to, you know, split think, hairs like that. Well, I think that's the the overriding point is where do you, you you've got to draw some lines. Where are you drawing these lines when you talk about the original lineup, or you talk about the the founding members, or you talk about the you know misrepresenting by not having the original people there? Like you got to draw some lines. There's no that's not just a blanket statement that's going to stand, right? You know, and the the guess who article um, the Rolling Stone article did get it wrong because. In that article, they say that Burton was the original, an original member. But you know yes. that's that's yeah. a problem with that's a problem with the Rolling Stones fact checker checkers. That's not an issue with this with this lawsuit. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't think the point of whether or not Burton is the actual original founding lead vocalist matters as much as the fact that he's the voice on all the the huge hits, the huge albums that they did, all the massive touring, all the TV appearances all that kind of stuff. Whenever there's the idea of a guess who reunion tour, he's like one of the guys that has to be there. Right. Um, he, yeah. To me, he, he is the voice of the guess who, regardless of whether he came in, you know, he came in on the right. third yeah. album out of a, a list of, you know, 15 or 16 albums. So he, he's been around. It's not like yeah. he's, he's some I mean, new guy that just came in at the end. 
Fair point, and I agree with I agree with you on that. So it's not again. I guess he's just trying to divide the line somewhere and say, you know. So for example, another point that he makes is that Burton wasn't well known in the U.S. That you know the the Guess Who was well known in the U.S. because they had American Woman and these eyes and laughing and undone and stuff that people knew. But when Burton did a solo thing, he wasn't anywhere near as well known in the U.S. and probably still isn't. Yeah, well, the first couple of albums, you know, he was he was making appearances on the midnight special and, and he did, he did tour in the States. You know, I know he played Detroit, I think on his second album and he's doing shows in that, in LA and stuff like that. But yeah, eventually that kind of changed to the point where some of his solo albums weren't even released in the States. Right. And, and then he makes the point that Bachman and BTO actually exceeded the guess who in terms of album sales and, and worldwide recognition. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. BTO was a, was a, a hit machine for sure. And then, so, so going down through the history again, uh, he says, okay, in 77, Kale was in a pickle with taxes and Peter Peterson was working as a night clerk to try to make money. And so Kale went to those guys and, you know, cause they didn't have a lot of songwriting credits, so they weren't making any money other than being yeah. able to play. Right. And, uh, they, Backman's and Backman and Cummings agreed that they could use the name and then Kale figured out it's not registered. So he was just going to register it. Right. So the, the implication is that he kind of did that behind their back. What's your view on that? I mean, it's open, uh, it's even Steven, right? It's open, open season. The yeah, I don't think yeah, right. And 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 again, the the guess who name at the time didn't have that much value to it anyway. And and like I said, no one could have predicted that thirty years later they'd be or ten years later they'd be talking about a reunion tour and and everyone would be buying the albums again on CD and now we're rebuying them again on vinyl and stuff. That wasn't part of the rock culture at the time, so. Um, Peterson was not part of that that first uh, guess who um, revision. Okay, um, but the for for Kale to to do that, he wasn't a genius. You know, he he didn't know that it was going to turn into a a real money maker for decades and decades. He was just thinking of the present time that he wanted to go out on the road and play a little bit of music. So no one knew what was going to happen twenty years in, in the future that all these classic rock bands would be able to uh, trade on on their past glories because that, right. that didn't exist yeah. at the time. So, so, so that's a fair point, but then Kale would come back and say, well, that's not, I was an opportunist. I had an opportunity to do it. I did it. The fact that it all sort of morphed into something greater later is not my fault. I mean, I don't know. I couldn't predict the future. I just took advantage of what I could do at the time. And yep. here we are. Sure. So maybe it's not so, so much of, of blaming him for taking that opportunity, but just to say, yeah, the game has changed, so we need to re- renegotiate. And I don't think that that's right. necessarily uncommon in a lot of different businesses. Yeah, I, get, I guess. But Anderson also points out that in 2000, the Guess Who reunion, without Kale, but he licensed the name to them and offered to sell it to them for a million bucks, but there was no takers. So Bachman and Cummings could have settled it for a cool million bucks in 2000 and walked away with the name and all the rights, but they didn't take it. Yeah, so th- so there's going to be a Guess Who reunion in 2000, uh, including so th- the four main guys, yeah, uh, plus Donnie McDougal, uh, which is you know a, a lineup that never existed in the band's history. Uh, Kale was not able to perform during the rehearsals; uh, he could not keep up with the other guys, and uh, you know the reasons for that I I can't go into, although I I I know the reasons. Yeah, so so they. They made a swap because uh, the tour had already been booked. You know, this is going to be a real big, uh, real big deal across Canada, you know, tour. And so they made a swap. So they got 
the next official bassist, you know, we talk about original members. Bill Wallace is not an original member of the Guess Who, but he is from the original era. Yeah. You and, know, there's and only two. Significant member, too. Sure. So, you know, like, there's if we look at all the different versions of Kale's Guess Who, I don't know, there's, you know, there's probably been like 25 <laughs> different bassists or something, there but only go. Kale and Wallace are from the original era. So they get Bill Wallace in, and the deal is Kale, you know, still gets paid. Uh, I think it actually came out of Wallace's salary. Right. Okay. So he was asked to sit out that tour because of his inability to play on the level of the guys. Yeah. The story about him offering the name for a million dollars. Um, I've only ever seen John say that. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's not true. And I've, I've never asked Burton about it. I, anytime I've, I've interviewed or talked to Burton, I definitely don't bring up money. Right. Um, but I've never heard anyone else say that. So, uh, you know, I've heard John say it before, but I just, I've never, you know, corroborated that. So there is a possibility that Kale made that offer to management who turned it down and Burton was not even aware of it. I okay, do know for like, a fact yeah. from that reunion tour, uh, they were going to cut an album. A lot of people don't know this and I left it out of the book, but that reunion lineup of the guess who that lasted from 2000, 2003, they were going to cut a new studio album and both Donnie McDougal and Bill Wallace were told by management, not to bother writing any songs, that only Bachman and Cummings will be providing material for the album. I think to this date, Burton doesn't know that that happened. Hmm. Now they th- those guys might blame Burton for it, but you know yeah. that's where you know management's not always maybe uh, operating on the the best uh, interests of the artist. Yeah, yeah, fair point. And uh, but the thing is. If, if it were true that they could have bought that name back, especially that, that we're talking over 20 years ago now, they would have made that million bucks back 10 times over quite easily from a tour and an album. Oh, believe me. I wish that they had, <laughs> I wish they, I wish they had bought it for a million dollars back yeah. in 2001. I mean, we wouldn't be having this nice chat right now about yeah. it, but <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. But it, so that speaks to the greater point that, that John then brings up, you know, lots of bands are simply franchises. Now they have various members in and out. I mean, you can't, you can't be uh, picking and choosing. Okay. So, so Gary Peterson doesn't show up at a gig. Who cares? I mean, he doesn't, is somebody going to be tracking how many songs he plays? What if he just shows up and he walks around the stage for a couple minutes and then leaves? I mean, he's still an original member. He's still there. Like, again, where do you draw the line? He's, they've got the rights to the name and they're using it. Yeah, well, this is the kind of thing, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. And maybe it's just the fact that if, like John says, that Kale and Peterson don't have the money to fight it, then, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe none of these arguments will, will even matter. Like, maybe they won't even see a day in court because they're going to have to just right. kind of concede. Well, so here's a good analogy. I think that, that it's, it fits is like when Elvis Presley passed away a lot, there's tons of Elvis impersonators, of course, that he's the most impersonated person in the world. And I've yeah. worked with many of them myself. So we, we did a, a show with a, a guy named Elvis gold and my friend Wally, and he passed away last year, but he, um, he got licensed by Elvis Presley enterprises. And they said, you can use still photos, but if you use any videos, you have to pay for the videos. And you mm. have to, these have to be sanctioned events. But the only reason that came about is because they got really aggressive. Like Priscilla went in there and they set up the corporate structure and they started chasing these people and going after them because they work on the assumption, most tribute artists, I'd rather beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. And they just yeah. go and do whatever they want. And then they say, 
challenge me. I'm, I'm going to use the old guess who promos. I'm going to use the old guess who songs. If you don't like it, challenge me, take me to court. Yeah. And that seems to be their position and it, and it actually works for them for the most part. The difference in this case, of course, is that unlike with the King, Burton and Randy are still alive. Right. And they do feel that this version of the guess who touring in the States has affected uh, their ability to get booked in, in the States in similar venues. I can see how it'd be frustrating. I mean, you'd be looking at, you know, the guess who and, and, uh, Burton's been hopping mad about it for a long time. Right. And, and I, I went on, so I read the Rolling Stone article, of course, and then I went on Burton's page and I mean, Burton is just downright ticked off now. He even put a video, he, he posted a video of the modern guess who from October 28th, which is three, three weeks ago and yeah. said, do you recognize any of these people? Like, can you help me out here to see who these people are? Yeah. So Burton's, Burton's ticked off now. Yeah, it's uh, you know, again because he's got he's got some people supporting this this whole effort, and maybe he, maybe even he's learning a little bit more about how ingrained the situation is than he, than even he knew previously. You know, I don't know if he's ever looked at footage of the current Guess Who on YouTube. You know, maybe he just stayed away from it, doesn't want to know. Now he's actually watching it and going, "Geez, these guys are terrible." <laughs> <laughs> well, they're just not, I mean, he's saying like the people are lining up to get their albums signed and stuff. I mean, that, that's got to rub you a little raw. I don't care how much money you have or what the moral, you know, what the legal side of it is just morally signing other people that had nothing to do with you that didn't write those songs or play them signing your albums. I know Burton has had in the past, he's had fans uh, give him albums to sign. And when he, op- you know, like opens up the gatefold of live at the Paramount, say for example, and there's already signatures in there oh. from the from the current or even an older version of the Guess Who that he wasn't in. I know right. that uh, that's not fun for him. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can imagine. But then again, you know, I go back to the question: Where do you draw the line? Like one original member, two original members. Um, you know, Randy wasn't on lots of those songs. So if, if if they play "Clap for the Wolfman" or or "Share the Land" and Randy signs the album, well, he's he's in the other category now. It's tough. I know that it's, at one yeah. point Burton, he put, this was a few years ago, but he, he had posted about that. He saw, I think it was the uh, live at the Paramount album. And I don't know if it was the current lead singer or whoever was before him, but he signed his name like next to Burton's face on the inside of the album. Wow. So it, it, it does get a little, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you, know, that, you and, can see why that would put a bad taste in somebody's mouth. So, but what about the current BTO, right? Because because Randy sort of intimated that that uh, Fred Turner was going to be going back out with them, but but Fred said in the last tour that was it; he wasn't going out again. And then Randy well, the, sort of right. feigned that he would be, and he's out touring as BTO right now. Well, th- well, this is a real interesting and confusing thing for me in terms of Randy is that what he's accusing Jim Cale and Gary Peterson doing, he's actually doing the same thing, uh, but even worse. Because on the current, I mean, I think they only played like half a dozen shows in the U.S. recently. His new version of the BTO, which has no original members except for himself, but he's telling the audience, Fred will be joining us in the future once his health gets better. That is just an outright lie. You know, so, I know two different yeah. people in in Winnipeg who know Fred, who've asked him right to his face, do you have anything to do with this new BTO? And Fred says, no, I'm staying home. I'm retired. I'm not doing that. 
Well, so, and when you watch, watch the last tour, his he was having some vocal issues, and he's not what he used to be. I mean, he's he's sure. well advanced in years, and he just doesn't have the the heart to do it anymore. It's like Mike Tyson retiring from boxing, right? He just I don't have it in me anymore. It was what Tyson said, right? He, I just don't have it anymore. And yeah, and, maybe, that, and that's you know, he, sure, and that's Fred's right. If he, yeah. if he, or, or anybody's right, if you, if you have the means to retire from whatever your job is more power to you and that fred has made that decision that for himself he'd rather stay at home with his family and i don't know kids and grandkids and whatever and not be on the road that's perfectly fine but and i it is and he's randy said that telling clearly. audiences yeah 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 he said yeah he said that for a number of years now that he's he has no interest but randy telling crowds that fred will be joining us that is that's actually more deceitful than yeah, what the guests uh, who are doing. Because I'm, I'll tell you, none of these guests who shows do they say, "Oh, sorry, Burton couldn't be here tonight, but right, he yeah. might he might be here next week." Fair point, exactly. And and uh, you know, he just he wanted to use obviously make some money and and use the name and go out there. And and the guys, I I know the guys in the band, and they're good, but they're not Fred Turner. So a bunch of people, there's been a bunch of blowback online too, like no Fred, no BTO guys right right so but there's also no blair thornton there, like there's nobody yeah except, and there's except the for other randy. boys or randy's the only one left right the dad That's and the right. brothers are all gone right so okay but so for it, but in yeah. the same in the same way I, I you know i feel if randy just went out and said and called a show randy bachman's tribute to bto no problem whatsoever right calling a bto you you know when he first announced that he had he was going to be touring his bto he or his management, whoever who's running his social media accounts, was posting photos of the original BTO and saying, we're back. Exactly. That's the exact point. Because he's using the old BTO promo, the albums, Fred singing right. for all the promos on these shows. He's doing exactly what he's accusing this other band of doing. Right. So I don't, I don't know where Randy's, well, I've questioned Randy's moral compass for many years. So, so, so maybe this isn't too surprising that he would do this, but you know, to be in an audience and have him say, you know, sorry, Fred couldn't make it tonight, but he'll be joining us down the road. Yeah. I mean, that's, you're actually lying to your fans just to sell tickets. Yeah. Fair enough. And then, so a couple other points just to hit on John's article, um, you know, Cummings has derided the guess who as an inferior cover band, but, uh, John Anderson says, well, that's not true. Like the, the head Kurt winner, Donnie McDougall and, and other top players, he lists off a whole bunch of really serious musicians and studio cats and stuff that went out with that original guess who that were anything but an inferior cover band. Well, sure. And you know, but that's like in 1978, Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, Kurt, Kurt Winter only did the one album and one tour and then was out. But, you know, once it's, it just keeps morphing and morphing. Um, you know, if you watch any footage of the current Guess Who and the guy that they have singing, you know, I don't know his history. And I, I don't know. The blonde guy with the long blonde hair. Yeah. Derek Sharp. Derek. Yeah. So he's, he's together with Sass Jordan, I think, right? They're a couple. Yeah. But, you know, he's, you know, never mind what he looks like. That that's that's too shallow. But he sounds like he's from like an '80s hard rock band, right? Um, yeah. And you know, he jumps around and throws his. He's got this long blonde hair. All right, everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. Guess who? Not, yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's something. It's not my cup of tea. But again, that's an opinion, preference, moral argument rather than the legal side of it, right? Which is, yeah. you know, so I went on Randy's, uh, when Randy posted the, uh, 
the article from Rolling Stone. So I made the comment and, and I'll read it verbatim. It's, it's short, but I said, many classic bands have simply become franchises now, Trooper, Foreigner, to name two. And unfortunately, the legal side will most likely be the determining factor, regardless of other people, other principles involved. Whoever has the legal rights to the name will assert that to put whatever band they choose on stage under that name. Right. And that's what's happening. A few people agreed with that. Um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about with, with what John's article says, like he speaks really disparagingly about the nostalgia circuit. And I don't, yes. I don't think I agree with them. I mean, the 60s to the 80s, in my mind, is the golden age of rock and roll. And you still have guys around that are out there doing it. But John says the baby boom market is dying, if not dead already. And I just cannot agree with that. The, the, they're selling tickets. They're out there doing their thing. Yeah, and a lot of groups are are, are doing are doing just that. You know, I'm obviously I'm a big uh, Cheap Trick fan. They still tour. You know, they do a lot of dates every year. How much of that is nostalgia, and how much is you know newer fans or whatever? So yeah, John, you know, John John gets a little cranky sometimes. Yeah, I just <laughs> thought that so, was kind so, of overstating it. You know, well that was that was you know. One of the things that I came away from from reading his editorial, I thought, wow, he's taking swings at everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Like, right? Like, Gary and Jim have no money. Randy and Burton have too much money. Yeah. You know, know, none of these bands are are doing anything. They're all like, he's just. Yeah, he, he's coming well, after every. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. just glad he didn't. He didn't come after me. Yeah, there you go. But you know, I, I talked to a promoter out in the West Coast here who's promoted bands for many decades, and he said, you know, everybody I know that had any kind of modicum of success in the past is out there touring and trying to make money. I mean, it's yeah. it's what they have, right? So you take what you got and you go out there and try to sell tickets. And if people buy tickets, well, what? there's nothing illegitimate about that unless you're misrepresenting. But most fans are savvy enough to know that these bands are not the original lineup. They're, they're, they've morphed into whatever they are now. Uh, well, maybe. Caveat emptor, you know, buyer beware. A lot of guys will say, you know, will say, oh, so-and-so's coming to town. One of the first questions, who's in the band? They'll yeah. put on social media because they're savvy they get it so if they ask that about the guess who it's pretty obvious answer who cares nobody knows who's in the band whoever they decide to put on stage that night is who's in the band right unfortunately so then john goes on to say that cummings and backman don't like each other so it's simply about money and ego what do you think of that well i i think that randy and burton are Mm. uh are business partners you know in a way they they work together they you know, wh- whether they would describe the relationship as, as friendship, I don't know. I, I don't see it that way. I see it as guys who, you know, they occasionally work together. Uh, I for sure don't think that they hang out socially or anything like yeah, that. Fair but, enough. Yeah. But, you know, they have they have such a history that they're both, you know, in the same business of that music that they created. So yeah. there has to be occasionally a conversation, whether it's directly or through lawyers, just to say, you know, okay, we have some new contracts. We have to go over this or that. In the same way that, you know, Roger Waters and David Gilmore certainly are not hanging out together. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. But they're both but they're both <laughs> still sort of co-presidents of a company called Pink Floyd Incorporated. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. like when there's a new Pink Floyd box set that comes out, both those guys have input into it. They just don't sit in a room together over beers and, right. and make those decisions. It all goes through lawyers and managers and stuff, but they're still invested in that uh, company. Yeah. I just think that, that John's point is reductive. You know, when he reduces it to money and ego, 
I think that, you know, when Burton's looking online and seeing, you know, people who have no connection to him signing his albums and stuff, I mean, that's got to bug you. Like that's yeah. not money and ego. That's just straight principle. You're like, this isn't right. There's something wrong about this. Yeah. And, and, and I agree with that. And I also think, you know, to that point, responding to John, it doesn't matter if Backman and Cummings like each other or if they're friends or whatever, you know, if you've had a history of any kind in the same way, sometimes, you know, ex-husbands and ex-wives, we just have to get in a room and talk about what are we going to do? You know, it's time to sell the, the cottage or whatever. Some, you know, if, when you have that history, sometimes you just have to kind of work together on, on legal stuff. Yeah. So, so saying that, that they don't like each other. Yeah. There's a very good chance that they don't like each other, but yeah. that's irrelevant too. That doesn't, you know, I, I don't think Gary Peterson and Jim Cale socially hang out together because <laughs> yeah. of what I know of, of each of those guys' lifestyles, they are way more different than yeah. uh, Backman and Cummings. So to say that two people aren't friends, I don't, I don't know what that's. Yeah. Well, and again, to say it's about money and ego discounts the fact that there's a principle involved here that they have a pretty good point. I have to, I have to agree. You know, I, like I said, I'm trying to take the middle road here and just kind of go, go back and forth with you. But Burton's got a point about that, that you can't dismiss or reduce to, to money and ego. I think. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I, I agree. And that's why I say, I don't think I'm pretty sure he, he's not going to go out on tour. If, if he gets the rights to the name, I don't think he's going to go on tour as the guess who you might start seeing something being done differently in terms of some reissues or box sets or, or guess who right. songs yeah. and commercials, or I don't know, some more of a business kind of thing, but you're not going to see him going out with Jeff Jones and Bob Conte yeah. and all the guys from his band. And they're calling it the guess who, in the same way that what Randy's doing with BTO, I really firmly believe that Burton will not do that. Well, fair enough. But even if he did, like if Burton got the name back, you and I sitting around talking would say, well, you know, if you're going to tour the United States as the guess who, it'd sure be nice to have Burton singing the songs. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. With that. Right. But so then Einerson, again, he says, um, you know, the lawsuit is petty and frivolous and it's all about revenge at the end. And I'm thinking that's kind of reductive. Like, I don't know you can reduce it to that. There is a principle involved. And then he goes, well, $20 million is no chance of getting any of that. These guys don't have a pot to pee in, so to speak. Maybe they do a little bit, but they don't have $20 million. So he says, there's zero chance of them getting that money. And then he scolds them at the end and says to grow up. Yeah. I don't know if that's, um, yeah, like he said, he's a bit cranky, but I think that's, he's overstating it there. I would say as much as I respect John. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. He's he's coming out swinging at at, at everybody, and I mean you, you can't have it both ways to say, "Look, well, nobody cares about the name, and these guys don't have money, but it's only about the money." And then these two guys aren't friends, but they, you know, these guys have been doing this, and it it really, I think it's going to come down to a lot more of a basic thing uh, than that. And you know, I only I, I started thinking about it more the other night that when the guess who keeps saying that, you know, Gary's been there from the beginning and he's always held the drum spot and all that kind of stuff. And, and as it's easily proved that there are at least three guess who albums in the seventies that he did not drum on, but he actually went back. Uh, he's on some Burton Cummings solo albums and he toured mm. with Burton. I think yeah. it was like in 80 and 81, he was Burton's drummer. And then at one point he actually joined BTO. So <laughs> crazy. So, so there's no well, way yeah. that you could say he was always, you know, ever since 1963 or something that he's always well, been the guess who drummer. He's drummed with all kinds of people. In fact, when the guess who first broke up in 75, he was in a really short lived group out of Philadelphia. And the group was called 
Philadelphia, and I think it had a uh, it actually had uh, Bob Sabellico in it, who's a kind of a footnote in Guess Who history. Um, so so Gary's done a bunch of different things. You can't just say like, oh, I've given the last sixty years to the Guess Who. And well, that's right that's- because he was Randy Backman. I opened for them in '83. They had Randy Backman and Union. They were called. Right. And Gary was the drummer in that band. That's where I first met him. That was. 40 years ago now, but, uh, he was the drummer. It was Frank Ludwig was playing keyboards and, uh, Denise McCann was singing cause they were a couple at that time. And Gary was in that. So he was in Randy Backman and union. That was 82 or three. You know what? That's right. I actually forgot he was in union. They had that uh, main street USA hit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Right. So, so Gary's done a lot of different things. He, he hasn't just always been this, yeah. you know, guess who guy for his entire life. So that's the thing is that, again, there's a lot of iterations of the band and the guess who and stuff and whoever holds the legal rights to use it. Now they're in the counts that the Rolling Stone article said they're it's false advertising, unfair competition, violation of right of publicity. But again, as I say, you can't divorce when, when you're selling the guess who you can't divorce it from the songs you're going to hear laughing and undone and stuff. they're going to use those to promote the show. Right. I mean, how would they not? Well, I guess one option would be to use the new band's versions of those songs because they do have a few different live albums out. Yeah. That would would be one suggestion. I don't know. Well, we'll see what the judge says. You and I can, uh, maybe we'll talk after (laughs) go go pick through the, what the judge says about it. But I I don't have a lot of, uh, like when Bachman says in that article, the fans are getting ripped off and I'm thinking, well, how are they getting ripped off? I mean, you're, you're selling BTO. Um, that's not a rip off because you, you're Randy. And then don't yeah. forget with Randy Backman, you know, he had Colin Weeb, who's a friend of mine. He played the Burton part because Colin's a great piano player and sings just like Burton. Well, Randy toured with Colin for almost 20 years and, and Colin sang all the Burton songs and, and they did all those songs or a lot of those songs. Yeah. Like so, I said, Bert, uh, Randy's moral compass has always been uh, questionable at best. And there's many, many examples of that. I, I have a few in, in my book. I had to leave a whole bunch out. Yeah, Otherwise, okay, the whole book fair. Would, just would have yeah. been uh, too negative. But I know that, like, you know, Burton owns the majority of the publishing right. and the licenses for that Guess Who material. And they have not issued licenses to uh, the current Guess Who to use any of, the, of, of their, those songs in advertising. So, for example, if, a, if you hear a Guess right. Who song in a movie, I was watching um, Jackie Brown that Quentin Tarantino movie. And I didn't realize that like, I think no time or something is in the background of a scene. Okay. So when you see that Burton is the one, or at least his team is the one who has allowed that to happen. They've never given any kind of license to the touring guess who band to use any of that material. Right. But I don't know the legal part of it. You, you can help me on this or we could ask somebody who knows, but if you use less than 10 seconds or something or five seconds, there's a, there's a thing where you can use a little snippet because we used to do the, the college radio station and stuff. And there was a proviso in there. If you used less than so many seconds of a song. Yeah. I think it's called fair use. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. I'm not, I don't know enough about it to, but I know that. So, so they wouldn't have to misrepresent or use the whole, they wouldn't have to have a mechanical license is what I'm saying in order to right. do a promo. I mean, they have a, they have a stopwatch and as soon as it's, it's, a, it's about to hit 30 seconds, they stop it. So they hundred percent, they would hundred percent because then, then you don't have to, you can use a so, so much of it. Right. Yeah. But then, you know, like in that Rolling Stone article, you know, Bachman says, well, we wrote the original music for the guess who, but that's not actually true. He wrote a few of the songs. Yeah. 
but he's saying we, so they're going to go to court and say, well, we wrote the songs. And then the judge, if he's smart or the defense lawyer will say, well, you were left the band in 1970. So who's misrepresenting here? Yeah, I was looking at, I've got two Guess Who live albums from later eras. I was looking at them a little bit last night. I don't know why, but uh, both of them kick off with Bus Rider. Right. So right there, they're they're starting the they're starting the song or they're starting the live album right there with the post Bachman song. Yeah, and that's Kurt Winter wrote that song. Yeah, that's his. Well, cool. Well, no, I appreciate you. I I I wanted to sort of go through it, you know, each each point and kind of get your take on the points and and where you're drawing the line and and those kinds of things and and how do you see this getting resolved? Wave wave the magic wand or. Well, I think, and I've and I've thought for a, for a long time, you know, long before this lawsuit ever even uh, was publicized, that I think Jim Cale has a price. You know, he's not touring anymore. He he retired from the road. He's eighty years old now. Oh wow! Okay. And you know, whether or not the the million dollar story from two thousand and one is true, or or whether Burt never did get news about that, you know, maybe we'll never know. But. I think that shows that he's always had a price. If he was willing to sell the name in 2001, he had a price back then. Whoever decided not to do it, you know, that that doesn't matter. It, but it shows that Kale is okay with sitting at home with a bunch of money. Yeah. And uh, that's what he's doing right now. He's getting a little bit of money from whatever percentage he gets from Gary Peterson and and these other guys being out on the road. So, yeah. You know, there might there could be a good chance like whatever his price is and it might not be that much for you know for his style of his yeah, think, style of living and you know i, I think, think i agree uh, with you on that the other thing is is that the other point you alluded to earlier he's not going to burn through 50 grand in cash paying lawyers to fight this lawsuit yeah absolutely it's, it's not going to work absolutely i think there's a certain number that kale will almost jump at it and that and then this whole thing goes away because he doesn't really yeah you know okay, it's different if he was on the road and he was still connecting with fans and doing all that kind of stuff. But, you know, he stopped doing that a long time ago. Right. And, and, you know, he's always been a pretty unsavory character in a lot of ways. Well, he made some pretty um, vicious comments about karma and about, you know, I'll, I'll put a bunch of monkeys on stage just under the name of the guess who, just to get back at them and that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. He, <laughs> yeah. He, brutal. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he's actually saying his main reason of having a version of the guess who on the road is just because it pisses off Burton Cummings. Yeah, there you go, exactly. You know, and then he <laughs> he says, "I'm his karma." So I yeah. I don't know I don't think Jim actually knows what karma means. Yeah, <laughs> if, he thinks, <laughs> if, if he thinks it's that, but you know, I I, I think a, a certain dollar number is going to be mentioned. It, it might be a lot less than you know what yeah. Kale maybe even wanted twenty years ago. Yeah. But I do think he has a price, and I think that if if they can meet that. He'll have no problem with dissolving the guess who, and he's not going to care that the current guys, Derek Sharp and whoever, all these other guys, immediately they're going to be out of work. I, yeah, really, yeah. I really, I but, don't think. You know, I was going to make the point earlier, like with Creedence Clearwater, you know, we, we saw them, we opened for them. They were called Cre- Creedence Clearwater Revisited. So right. they just kind of morphed into, because Fogarty's not there and they didn't want to make any bones about that. There was two original members and they just called it something else. So, you know. You could you could do something like that. Even uh, Colin Weeb, who I referred to, he does a tribute to the Guess Who, and they use the biggest word in those tributes is the Guess Who, right? 
featuring Colin right. Weeb in smaller letters and then singing all the songs of Burton Cummings in big letters featuring Colin Weeb in small letters, right? So, the C- so there is always a sleight of hand in all these advertisements, right? Well, the CCR thing was really problematic for me for a long time because where I used to work, we had a Ticketmaster uh, booth in our store. So yeah. we sold tickets to concerts. And people would come up all the time saying, you know, I need, I need, you know, two tickets for CCR. I can't believe they're coming after all these years. And right. I would feel like I would have to say like, well, you know, this isn't quite the same band. Fogarty's not there. And people would argue with me. Oh, like, what do you mean? And even wow. if to point out that the R stands for a different word now than it did before, right. they were not having it. Yeah. I'm like, this is CCR. They're coming. What are you talking about? Why yeah. are you saying these things? I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not saying it might not be good or you're not going to have a good time, but this is not the original CCR. They got the guitarist from the cars for God's sakes. Yeah. And there you go. John Fogarty will not be there. No. Well, and there you go. Were convinced, they were convinced that I was wrong, even though the ticket clearly said Clearwater revisited. Was it revisited? Yeah. Revisited. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I said, we opened for them and they were pretty good. The, the guy that was singing was no John Fogarty, not by a long shot. And the band was right. okay. You know, it, it wasn't great, but, but again, you know, you talk about buyer beware. I mean, I had a guy come up one time and request a song from Clarence Clear Mountain Survival. <laughs> right. And so, yeah. And I didn't even make that up. So I said, who? He goes, you know, Clear, right. Clear Mountain Survival. Like he doesn't, he wants to hear, you know, looking out my back door. He wants to hear Bad Moon Rising. He doesn't care. Yeah. He just, you know, so, and he's, his ignorance is his own to own, but what are you going to say? Yeah. Well, I appreciate your thoughts on that. We kind of, uh, we went through the whole sort of gamut. Um, Can I ask you one unfair question at the end here? Sure. (laughs) Just because I've had you on before. What's your, uh, just to switch gears, what's your position on the Buffy St. Marie controversy? (laughs) Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Yeah. That's uh, your thoughts on that. Yeah. It's, it's a real tough one. I don't, uh, I was shocked when that first kind of uh, went public and I, I watched the CBC show and, I, yeah. and I, I've been reading a lot of stuff. I mean, it seems that it's true. You know, they're talking about birth certificates and yeah. and her parents being uh, American with an Italian background. So, you know, it, it looks like it's true. So I, I definitely feel for all these uh, indigenous artists who... You know, if, it's like if you were in any kind of a contest with Buffy St. Marie for an indigenous award of any kind, you were going to come in second or third. Yeah. And she was going to get number one. So she got, I mean, it was $50,000 in a Polaris uh, prize uh, contest. That money could have really helped out a poor struggling indigenous artist right. or a few of them had it been awarded to them. So it's a, uh, it, it's shocking news. Cause I don't really follow her. So I never knew that yeah, this I was didn't either. something that was bubbling under the surface apparently for years, Yeah, but uh, it, <clears throat> it's pretty incredible. And uh, you know, I know she's got like the order of Canada and governor general's awards and all kinds of stuff. I, I guess that stuff needs to be taken away from her. Well, I don't, I mean, that, that's, I guess, one option. I mean, the thing is we're talking in the context of misrepresenting and, and putting something on stage that you're presenting one way when in fact it's really the other way. And I never considered her anything but a genuine indigenous artist and she never indicated anything otherwise and took awards as being one and, and all the accolades and all the, you know, advantages that go along with it because you know, irrespective of what well, minority status nowadays is, is a bonus, right? Because you get, uh, you get an in where you might not otherwise like 
right. stemming from a lot of ways of trying to empower the uh, the people who were disempowered perhaps in the past. Now they give them avenues and opportunities they wouldn't have otherwise had. And she is, what do they call her, a pretendian. That's that right. She took advantage of these op- offers. And, and she's a talent, but that's that's not the point, right? Right. I don't know. We'll see. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because uh, some people were really defensive and saying, look, you know, leave her alone. She's done a lot for the indigenous community and she's speaks of, of for us and represents us. And then other people are going, eh, okay, is there a fact of the matter? What's the fact of the matter? Yeah. And that, and that, that's, I, I see that side for a lot of people. Buffy St. Marie was probably the first indigenous artist that they ever had in their record collection and the first person who brought that culture into their home. So she did do a lot for indigenous music, but like I said, by taking awards and, and uh, the spotlight away from real struggling indigenous artists, she also hurt that community in a lot of really, really uh, unfortunate ways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, I wanted to bring that up because I thought you would have uh, at least been aware of it and looked into it a little bit. Yeah. And uh, it's not over yet. I mean, it's still, you know, there's still some fallout. And like you said, there may be some stuff taken back or or rescinded or or at least adjusted with an asterisk, I suppose. Yeah. Thanks for all your (laughs) forthcoming uh, insights and stuff. Appreciate it. Yeah. A lot of fun. Many thanks to my guest, Robert Lawson, for once again being part of the Liner Notes podcast and sharing some insights. More information is available at, uh, he's on Facebook, This Side of the Tracks. He's got several books out, and uh, like I said, the guess who won is excellent, so uh, check it out. And uh, Robert's a great guy, informed, and uh, real music buff, so worth checking out. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and invite you to subscribe to it and share it on social media so others can enjoy it as well. And we also invite you to listen to Dusty Discs Radio Tuesdays and Thursdays to hear music from the Canadian artists you're hearing on this show. So until next time, I'm Dan Harris.